This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Back of the Nest Match Report. I'm your host, Mike Scott, and with me are Chris Clark, Councillor Chris Clark, and Nick Gillard, as we look back at a Friday night under that light that pissed people off and we all signed a petition against down at the Amex. We'll also have a look at recent Palace news, go over listener comments and feedback, and talk about that Brighton fan who invaded the pitch ahead of one of the worst penalties we've collectively ever seen. Gentlemen, yeah, how are you doing? How are you both doing? Nick, you good? Yeah, not bad. Uh finally got some antibiotics so hopefully I won't sound like a fucking lozenges advert for the next six months but yeah it was a, a bit discombobulated by Friday night kickoff the weekend seemed a little bit strange um, trying to get my head around the fact that the game seems a very long time ago but it wasn't really well I mean antibiotics can fix what you sound like but it can't fix what you're saying can it uh, and Chris uh, are you equally confused by the Friday night kickoff you doing all right it was a weird shape for a weekend but yeah I'm, I mean 48 hours later I'm just about recovered from uh, the joy of unlimited Harveys on tap so yeah yeah I'm feeling I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about a point away at the Amex and um, a lot of pints away at the Amex as well Presumably, you you started with the HF as well in a Harvey's pub, right? Uh, well, actually, I, I met them um, in a an undisclosed pub in Croydon um, for a few drinks before Nick then picked me up and we drove uh, down to the game. Um, it took it me, was good to see. A, good took to me see ages a to find him. Took me ages because he wouldn't disclose where the pub was, so I visited <laughs> sixteen of them before <laughs> I found one that he was outside. Um, but the car club was good, wasn't it? Dr was on form, wasn't he, Chris? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, among things, Dr. Dr. asked during the journey who invented light, um, which <laughs> was uh, one of the more weird questions I've ever been asked. I mean, last time I looked, it was God according to the Bible. It's one of the first lines in it. Um, he also um, asked, "Is it just me who thought that uh, traffic lights were white and we just called them green?" Um, so yeah, I mean, you have to ask Dr. to explain that one, but. <laughs> The fact that he doesn't smoke anything as well is just uh, it's just amazing. Well, I mean, Dr. If if you're um, if you follow us on YouTube, then you you get to hear the rantings of uh, the genius that is Dr. Kernas, uh, and I'm sure you know him very well. Well, let's get on from that, shall we? And let's talk about some Palace news this week. 
first of all, and um, I missed this. I, got, I mainly got updates on the WhatsApp chat from Patrick O'Connor, but the under-18s, unbelievable when you read about it. So after 10 minutes, this was the fourth round of the uh, FA Youth Cup. After fourth minute, I'll start again. After 10 minutes, we went 1-0 up against Wolves. Uh, Ola Adebomi with a goal. And then right up until the 93rd, 94th minute, winning 1-0. Wolves equalise in stoppage time, then go and win 6-5 on penalties. Must have been absolutely gutting for the boys. I mean, if you sat through it as well, um, yeah, it must have been horrible. I can't think of many worse situations for someone to go in other, other than to say that that's probably pretty character building and all of those kind of cliches. The under-23s, um, the, the preview guys already covered their game, but they do have a game tomorrow at the, on the day of recording, Monday the 17th, at home to Chelsea. So those of you skipping work to go and see that, good on you. The women today, at the day of recording, excellent game all the way up to Durham, two all at half-time, ended up winning 3-2, held on for, for quite a long period of the second half. Goals from Molly May Sharp, Lizzie Wildy, who, defender, great goal, uh, and then the winner from Siobhan Wilson. So 3-2 win there for, for those of you that went up. Um, and I know there will be a couple of listeners there that would have driven up. That is... Um, that's that's pretty rewarding. I would have thought. I, I heard of a few people, uh, not least Chewy, previously uh, previously of this parish, who uh, drove up to Sunderland only for the pitch to be frozen and the game to not go on. So um, that must have been a pretty rewarding two hundred odd mile drive back home. In fact, you'll still be doing it at the time of recording. So this is pretty irrelevant. Um, getting on to signings because obviously we are in the transfer window. We haven't really talked about it, and not many. Palace people have simply because it doesn't seem like we need that many people really but um, we'll go through what has happened I'm going to give a go at pronouncing this guy's name if you two want to correct me so the academy player Adler Nascimento do you reckon that's spot on do you reckon that's terrible it's either that or Nascimento Nascimento okay yeah well I don't speak Portuguese if anyone does do correct us um, so he previously played for Peterborough United, albeit I think probably only one or two games. Uh, debuted for them as a 16-year-old. So obviously a bright talent, has got himself a professional contract. And then Joshua Adai, uh, he's been added to the under-18 squad, the high-flying under-18 squad. So let's see how he does. Um, exciting exciting times for those gentlemen. They both joined Killian Phillips, who um, the preview guys talked about before. Doesn't seem to have a Twitter, so fair enough. If you don't have to have one, definitely don't have one. Um, and in in terms of loans, James Taylor, uh, decent decent stalwart for the under twenty threes. He's gone over to Tombridge. Has he got a friend there? So that's what? a James Taylor joke. Don't worry, carry on. Only the old people will get that one. Um, no, you need to explain it now. Like, what's James that? Taylor, the the immense recording artist from the sixties onwards. Had a big hit with a song called "You've Got a Friend." Is that is that the song off um, a Toy Story? No, that's uh, that's uh, what's his face. Uh, You've got a friend in me. Uh, I can't think of the bloke's name, but he plays the piano as well. Um, but he's very famous. But that's not James Taylor. James Taylor went out with Carol King for a while. Um, as he said, uh, talk about uh, football, yeah. Jack. To say who's that? <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on. One for the kids um, there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, definitely. Um, I mind you, you know, plenty of older listeners and um, 
probably more than there are young young kids listening. So um, a fair point. For those of you that understood that reference, uh, I apologise. I hold my hands up and say um, I, my argument is I wasn't born. Um, but yeah, this is this is an interesting one. Jay Rich Bagaloo, obviously Australian um, international, has uh, has been let go and he's gone to Atkinson Stanley. It's, I, I think he probably hasn't hasn't come on quite as much as some people expected, and I think it's great that he's got himself a, a League One club. Um, Palace invested a lot into him. You guys got any thoughts on that? It is what it is, isn't it? He's obviously not done as well yeah. as we want. So, yeah. you know. Um, in, other, in other news, can I mention while we're talking about transfers, what do you make of this Ben Teke to Burnley nonsense? I mean, people are talking 20 million. Is it worth letting him go for that much near the end of his contract? Or, or would we be foolish to get rid of someone who's become a bit of a ledge for us? What do you reckon? I mean, for me, it's a no-brainer in that he is an absolute integral part of the first team um, and the last thing we want is Burnley to replace Chris Wood um, let's, let's let's see him go down had enough of them that's my thought Chris yeah I, th- I think he'd be a big miss for us and you know I mean, we're, we're about to talk about the Brighton game um, and I think that you know in some respects we missed Benteke in you know during that game because you know, you could see that we were trying to play the ball to feet, and we we missed the out ball. But Edward just isn't the same at um, connecting with balls in the air, and we need Benteke in that long out ball option. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good segue to get onto the game. Um, we, we, we'll we'll keep you updated on any transfer updates that come through the rest of the month. But I'd imagine there are going to be a lot of um, under eighteens and under twenty threes signings. So yeah, let's let's crack on with that, shall we? And we can start with discussing the front three because it was a relatively hot topic before the game. Um, it's not a front three that had started before. So with Edward in the middle, Elise obviously keeping his place after an incredible game against Millwall and Eze. Um, it, I think it, we can bring up what the, the the front players have different in their armory. So, Edwards, Mateta and Benteke, assuming that Nketi is not going to be uh, a January signing, could well be the three for the rest of the season. So, Andy Hose, Andy the Twat, said uh, Mateta made a difference when he came on. Link-up plays, holding the ball, should have started. Generally, that's what Benteke does. Uh, Andy Hose said, I can't believe it, but is it worth keeping him? What is it that those three players have that the other two don't? I mean, start with Mateta, go with you, Nick, and then we'll see what Edouard did, and then we'll, we'll touch on Benteke again. Well, he, he kind of became a bit of a scapegoat, didn't he? And we were saying, oh, he's, the only thing he's ever... Mateta did. Yeah, the, the only thing he's ever yeah. done for us is score that cheeky goal against Brighton. But really, it seemed that he just didn't have enough game time. And the more game time he's having, the better he seems to be becoming, which is, you know, that's going to happen anyway, isn't it? So... Yeah, perhaps um, he'd have been better off starting. But but looking at that front three that we did start with, it's kind of what we dreamed of, isn't it? It's the, it's the dream three that, that we've spoken about in awe since they've all kind of signed for us. So it's it's good to see that for the first time. Though perhaps not against Brighton, perhaps we should have done it against Hartlepool. But with players out at AFCON, I know we're going to talk about that in a bit, but needs must. So you know, hopefully it will gel a bit more. 
But when, when, so Ed, Edward would have been your starting player, yeah? Possibly on the wing rather than in the middle. I'd, I'd have started with Mateta myself. So Edward and Mateta and what, Elie, uh, Eze? Eze, I think, is better in a, in a cam position further up the pitch, uh, but not on the wing. A cam position. Your thoughts, Chris? Uh, to touch on touch on what Edward brought and what Mateta brought. Well, you know, I mean, on paper, this is a really exciting front three, um, and Elise definitely justified uh, that starting uh, position. Edward didn't have his best game. I mean, he, I like him coming in from the wing. I just think that's that seems to be a better position for him in terms of how he links up with other players for us. And I think we're better having. I, we definitely wanted, and I think we lacked a target player, a target man um, up front. You know, whether that was Benteke or whether that was Mateta, for me, that would have been the change I would have made. It would have been not playing Eze, who obviously wasn't fit to play 90 minutes. I know we want to see him play, but I'd, I'd rather not be rolling him out when he's not ready to play more than about 60 minutes. Um, he didn't play at his best in this game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for me, it would have been Edward on the left, whether it was Mateta or Benteke would have been a toss-up, but given that Mateta's in form, um, and yeah, they've both got um, form of scoring goals in this game, they did last year, um, I would probably have started with Mateta and then had Benteke on the bench ready to double up uh, when they're getting tired. Yeah, fair enough. I think for me, I don't really mind who starts. I thought, considering only going by how bitty games have been against Brighton the last few years. Benteke probably would would have been my choice for the hold-up play. And uh, Hambo did say in the last match report, he thought that Mateta was a, a proper old-school centre-forward that got into the six-yard box and was confused when people were asking him, you know, what, what, what positioning he was setting up for X, Y and Z. And he just said, you know, I stand there and I wait for the ball and I head it. Um, you know, that's a proper old school forward. But, you know, Andy here's thinking that, he, he, you know, he, he links up, holds up the ball well. So maybe there is more to him than we initially thought. Or maybe none of us know what we're talking about. But either <laughs> way, I, I, either way, I, I, I think you're right. Edwards, the Edward experiment, maybe try it again against Hartlepool. But um, I, I do think it was a little bit lightweight. Um, needs need someone with a bit more grit to hold up the ball. Um, and, and the other thing is, what could any of them do, have done when we got three shots in, didn't have any set pieces, very few corners? I, I think they were all fighting a fairly losing battle. Yes. Um, Interestingly, the uh, the story about Mateta going to St Etienne seems to have quieted down a bit, which is good as well. So I'm quite happy about that. I'd, I'd, I'd be quite happy to keep him. Well, I mean, let's just mention Jerry Cole's comment on Facebook. What's your feelings and thoughts about Palace signing Mateta permanently? I guess that's yours, Nick. Quick one from you, Chris. 100%. Yeah, I I think it's a no-brainer. He, you know, I mean, apart from the else, Benteke may be on the movies out of contract this summer, isn't he? So um, I I think it's, you know, he's clearly got something to offer. I'd let, you know, let's get to the end of the season and see how he's done. But if he carries on playing the way he is, then I think we absolutely should snap him up. Yeah, I'm in agreement there. And just, just just a shout out to Jerry to say that he ended his message with best wishes, um, which I very much appreciate. 
um, there's not enough politeness in social media. So uh, well done, Jerry. I did see him at the game, actually, and he, he shouted down. He's about five rows behind, and he said, give my regards to the back of the nest crew. Uh, so here I am. Excellent. I mean, yes, uh, very high in our estimations then, Jerry. So I want to ask a question from Dave at Brighter Skies on Twitter. Would we have played further up the pitch if we'd had the missing AFCON players available? Basically, I think let's let's put that another way as well. What were we missing because of the fact that Zahar, Ayu and perhaps Koate weren't there? It was tricky because Brighton's main tactic seemed to be the ball over the top, didn't it? Uh, luckily, we were able to deal with that quite well. Um, that's what well, what I noticed more more than ever. But I think their main tactic was being much better than us, and we didn't deal with any of it quite well. But I I, I don't know if, if I'm carry on. Yeah, no, that, that that to me maybe it was where I was sitting because I was right behind the goal and the crossbar was in my eye line, so I was either having to duck down below to see up the other end of the pitch or stand on tiptoe or stand on my seat to see the other end of the pitch. But, yeah, you, you're right, they were a lot better than us, but there were lots of balls over the top that I thought that we dealt with quite well. Perhaps if we were higher up the pitch, pressuring them more, that may have worked a little bit better. But we didn't have enough out balls okay. or skillful players to, to deal with that. We we did sit back a bit and let them, let them come at us, which... You know, as the way teams sometimes you do a bit more often. Yeah, Chris. I think what we were missing was the experience and guile of some of those players. Um, you know, I mean, obviously Zaha's got got the head for a big occasion, but um, you know, on paper, I would have said that I'd expect us to be playing, you know, really quite high up the pitch when you look at that um, front three that we'd got playing. Um, you know, we'd we'd got Eze, we'd got. But um, Edward and we've got Elise. You know that those are exciting attacking players, and I would have thought we'd have been playing up high, but um, that certainly wasn't the case. And I, I think that you know Dave is probably onto something there. That uh, you know what we lacked was the ability to hold up the ball and let players catch up. Uh, one, you know, once we'd won it in an in an upper position, and you know it, it, that was pretty transparent um, that. Yeah, there just wasn't the backup. Will Hughes is a great player, and I've, I'm really enjoying watching him play for us. But um, I think you know we're missing Jimmy Mack quite badly. That's that's no um, not a controversial statement by any means. Um, but you know Hughes is not the kind of Luca Chiarte player that um, you know we might have imagined he was going to be before we got to see how he plays. He's he's combative for sure, but yeah, that's not what he's good at. Yeah, I'll add, add a bit there. <clears throat> I'll play the handbow role. So, obviously, Potter had said to Brighton, make sure you press high. They play out from the back. Let's make sure they have no space. Anderson, very comfortable with that. Gay, very comfortable with that. Mitchell, fairly comfortable with that. Wardy, I think it's never going to be his game. And I think some of the abuse that he got after the game was very harsh. He made a massive error that we were lucky to not go 1-0 down for. And he seems to have been asked to start headering the ball, you know, pass headering, which doesn't seem to suit him. I I counted three times where he lost the ball in in a bad position by headering it um, to try and get to one of our players. So they only had to hit the weak spots of this passing game to stress everyone out. And once 
we'd lost the ball a couple of times early on from simple mistakes, then everyone was on edge. Not not to mention the fact that, you know, Butler had a, a pretty bad game against Millwall. So, you know, a new back two with a new keeper. It's always tough. So they exploited that. And as the game went on, it was clear that we didn't have an answer for it. I'm not sure that playing further forward would have made that much difference unless we literally not decided to play our normal game. And that's not the way Vieira is going to go. So I think what when we get Ferguson in, you know, those those missing pieces, four players that are comfortable playing it slowly from the back, that'll be fine. Yes, we missed out a few options to hold the ball up and, and ones to run forward. There was points in the game again when Alicia was great at that. And then other times when it didn't happen for 20 minutes at a time. And I, th- I think that's probably why Elise is majority of the time still a substitute in the moment. We, we're missing Zaha. We've discussed it last pod about, is this the first time that we've got a, a properly decent Palace squad without Zaha? Yes, but it's still in progress. It's still only one transfer window in. So we're playing the type of football we are and there's still limitations. I think Palace won't make those mistakes again because obviously other teams now will just watch what Brighton did. Uh, Nick? I think Schlupp is the kind of wonky piece in that midfield as well at the moment. I I, I think he's better as a winger. I know he's he's a utility player who can supposedly play anywhere, but he, he, again, looked a little bit lost in there. Um, Until we got somebody who could maybe replace him. I know Milivojevic is coming on as a sub now, and he's said he's had a bit of a difficult time since his dad sadly died, and he's not really come back as strongly as he'd like to. Um, But yeah, Schlupp perhaps is is the wrong fit for that midfield. Chris? Well, the other thing I wanted to highlight was, um, you know, you've mentioned Wardy. Um, I, I think Mitchell struggled in this game. I mean, if you look at the stats, even the who scored um, mentioned that Brighton had a lot of success attacking down the right-hand side. And, you know, I, I think that's probably partially due, due to a lack of cover. Um, you know, because he, I think he had Eze in front of him, didn't he? So, um, you know, and Eze was not as mobile as we are used to. You know, when when he got his boots on, he he could run, but he wasn't, um, you know, running up and down in the way that someone like Jordan I might do or Wilf. Um, you know, I mean, Wilf has obviously had that trained into him over the years, but um, you know, I think we, we there was definitely an issue with Tyrick getting caught a number of times and and he needs a little bit of extra help and you know he wasn't getting that from this midfield setup and it's important to note that yeah oh definitely absolutely definitely and when Tariq Lamptey came on obviously he shouldn't be at Brighton he should do his level best to fuck off somewhere better at the earliest possible possible opportunity but not only I think they said he was the fastest player in the Premier League last season um, when they measured speed. Um, but also, he has tremendous skill and you, you can't operate as a as a single left-back without cover, um, you know, really strong cover. And Brighton exploited that as well. You're absolutely right. The one positive I would say is, it looks like Elise is, is you know, he he backed up Wardy really well um, and he's, he's taken to his defensive duties very quickly, um, and and yet again, you know, promising stuff from Elise, and I'm sure it'll only come on leaps and bounds. I'd imagine he's going to get another game against Hartlepool, even if he doesn't start against against Liverpool. 
Um, so yeah, let's 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 cover the defence a bit, and and let's cover mainly the keeper. So, a question from William Pickering on Twitter: Is Butland our new first choice keeper? So I'm going to answer that very quickly, Will, and say no. Um, I mean, greatest. Greatest, just the man, um, and it would take a lot to dispose him. But I wanted to mention the fact that I thought he was far more commanding for crosses. Um, I wasn't sure whether Brighton were just putting in loopier, slower ones. It seemed like they were. A lot of them kind of wasted, and, and you know that's that's the fact that they had so many chances and, and only scored one, and it wasn't even them that scored it. Um, I think some of their crosses were wasted, but um, I, I'll leave the final word to... Um, Pethos on Twitter, at Pethos7. We were far better at defending crosses and corners than in previous games, especially from Gaye and Anderson. We definitely worked on that. Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of that is that Butland came out and, and took the ball and he was happy to punch as well. So from in the ground, your thoughts on Jack Butland? Right. Start with, start with Unic. Yeah, right from the off, he had the backing of the support behind that goal. They were chanting his name straight away, uh, and even more so. It was good that he was forgiven for his Millwall mistake. And um, I think it was, somebody said in the last show that he'd actually gone, gone, I think it might be you, Mike, that said he, he came up at the end and sort of apologised to the fans. Yeah, so he did, yeah. He yeah. had the support right behind him. And I think that helped him with his confidence because he pulled off some absolutely fantastic saves. And... Um, after the first save, I, I think he just grew in confidence and he knows he's fighting for a place and he knows that he's, he can't be making any more mistakes. So, so it was a, a good performance and just as good, if not better than some guy, uh, some, uh, greater performances we've seen. So yeah, all power to him. Okay. I, I, and Chris, talk about the, uh, the workings between the, the, the back pairing and, and Butland, they they did seem they seemed stronger for set pieces and Brighton had a metric shit ton of corners. Yeah, that that's absolutely true. Um and you know, obviously, I mean we're we're gonna I suppose we always end up saying these kinds of things, oh we're gonna come on to this. Let's talk about the goal straight away, um, that they scored that um you know that was actually scored by them and then disallowed. Um yeah, Butland had both hands on that. And it's important to note as well that I think that even if there hadn't been a foul on Butland, there was actually a foul on Anderson earlier than that um, because I don't know who the Brighton player was, but he had his arms absolutely all around Anderson and that was why he beat him to the ball because I was looking at it from the, a critical point of view of you know has Anderson failed to win a header there? And I defy any centre-back to win a header when they're being manhandled as much as Anderson was being in that case where, you know, the player who won the ball and headed it in to the space where Button saved it. Um, so, you know, we, I, I really think he, he had a good game. He communicated with the players around him um, and you could definitely feel the energy coming out of him um, after um, that penalty save, albeit that it was not exactly the um, world's best placed penalty and um, didn't make it hard for him to save. Um, but the energy that came out of that um, in the crowd, um, yeah, it was really, really great because, I mean, everyone's heads dropped when that penalty was given. Couldn't even see what it was for at the time. Yeah, you know the way it is with VAR. When Well, well, well not everyone's head dropped, did they? There was there was there was a Brighton fan whose head definitely did not drop. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about him. <laughs> so, well, just cover that now. Give, give give us the lowdown on this particular 
specimen of a person. Well, he had quite a run, didn't he? I mean, he had a, had a decent run on him because he managed to dodge several stewards and get back into the crowd. Um, for anyone who, who wasn't watching the game, and I'm, if, if you weren't watching the game, why are you listening to this? But um, the... Yeah, a Muppet from the Brighton end when when they um had in inverted commas taken uh taken the lead, they um this player this individual uh decided to run and and give us uh, wanker signs and all sorts of abuse um before the VAR call. I mean, risking what is, you know, almost certainly a stadium ban for doing something like that, and then for the goal to be disallowed was just absolute sweetness and you know, he was laughing at us, but he wasn't laughing by the end. Yes, excellent <laughs> stuff. On that note, actually, um, I was driving my kids uh, on the A27 earlier. And um, obviously, on the day of recording, Everton are managerless. And uh, there's, a, there's a big call for Graham Potter to replace him. And uh, a, a Palace fan rung up, well, we assume it's a Palace fan rung up, pretending to be a Brighton fan, saying he basically wants him gone uh, anyway because uh, Brighton are not doing as well as they should be doing, sitting in ninth position. Uh, it was very amusing. I'll, I'll see if we can get a link to it. Um, I, I think TalkSport will probably tweet it out, but I'll, I'll get it up on the uh, on the Twitter. Um, it took it took about three or four minutes before uh, I think it was Darren Bent worked out that it was actually a Palace fan in disguise. So if you're listening, kudos to you, sir. Kudos to you. Um, yes, uh, I just want to talk a little bit about Will Hughes. What, uh, we've seen him for a few games now. Uh, he's becoming a firm fan favourite. What did he add in that game? Um, you know, did we at least have a little bit of stability from him? As opposed to say, if Luca had been starting, well, the, the the first thing Luca did when he came on as a sub was a, a brilliant sliding tackle. So I'll give him a bit of kudos for that. No, um, Hughes has definitely bought into the Palace way. Um, he's got a little bit more. What, 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 what do you mean by that? Well, he's he's just he's the, the his face when he comes up to the fans at the end. He just you know he's he's. Um, he he just seems to get us. I think he loves playing for us. I think he loves our fan base, and uh, I think he'll be become a legend for us. Well, like a, you like know, another you, you come dude. you come from you come from Watford. It's a it's a low low bar, isn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah, I know. But it's been around. You know, it's still quite young. And the fact that he was so young when he started, it seems like he's been around for donkey's years when he was first playing for Derby. But no, he he just seems to be getting into the opposition's faces. He can be quite skillful when he wants to be. He can rile up the opposition when when need be, um, and he seems to g everybody up really, really well. I mean, he, he could possibly be on for the armband in next season or the season after. I could really well, see that. Well, will he work alongside Maka, Chris? Well, we'll have to see as to where, you know whether it will work with Maka. But I mean, I think we've all envisaged him as the successor. Um, figure, but he's going to be quite difficult to dislodge now because you know he's got bite in the tackle, he's got a good pass on him, and actually, I mean, I'm, we're not going to talk about the goal yet because there's other things to talk about. But Hughes's contribution to that goal, not just in terms of um, his pass, but in calling and communicating with others during the move, is really really impressive. Um, oh, let, let's talk about it now. 
It's nothing to do with the fact that I forgot to put it on the show, Doc. Um, nothing to do with that at all. Let's just talk about it now. Okay, well, talk I, us through it. Well, so I, I noted this down. Um, yeah, we we have the ball really early on down the right hand side. Gallagher's got the ball. Elise's involved. Ward, and he, he he then starts moving right into the centre of the pitch. I mean, Joel Ward roving into the centre of the pitch. Plays um, a ball to Mateta. Um, it comes back to Ward. Um, Hughes is then um, urging him to pass it upwards. Um, so it goes to Mitchell. Hughes gets the ball, passes it up to Schlupp in the box. Um, Schlupp on the byline does a great job to turn it central. Um, Gallagher takes one touch and passes, you know, passes it into the net, really, into the only space that was available. Um, absolutely fantastic team goal. I think one of the um, questions that uh, came in on Twitter, I'll need to scroll down to it, was, um, yeah, it, is that going to be goal of the season? Um, I mean, I think it's it's got to be in the running for our goal of the season. And if it's not recognised in that kind of top 10 um, match of the day montage at the end of the season, that's a travesty because it really is an impressive team effort. As soon as uh, we saw Wardy with the ball in the box, I kind of knew we were going to score. Did you, Chris? It, it just felt inevitable. But what was it, 20 passes out the pitch? Brighton didn't have a clue. And it's it's annoying that we couldn't play like that for, for other spells during the game. It was the only time that we really had that much cohesion, wasn't it? Um, but, yeah, it was a special goal. And um, I've never known limbs like it in football. Absolutely do, Lally. DR disappeared for about three minutes. I had a bloke, must have come from about three rows behind me, flew over my head and landed two rows in front and he just got up and grinned like a Cheshire cat. It was absolutely do, Lally. And I've watched lots of videos. And yeah, I've never experienced anything like it. So God knows what it must have been like in the playoff when Wilf scored. Um, well, Nick, all I will say is that cocaine is a hell of a drug. Um, Stephen Sheffield has said, how likely is that goal to be a goal of the season? He's put, there's team goals and then there's that. Every player touched the ball at some point, total football. I mean, I doubt it because it'll probably go to Mo Salah or something. Um, I would say there was an excellent goal from Everton as well at the weekend. Overhead bicycle kick from, uh, what's his name, with the bleach blonde hair. Um, yes, I thought it was, a, it was an excellent goal. Um, I think I used one against West Ham was more of my favourite, but it was it was very special. And obviously, going against the run of the play more than any other game, I think I can I is, remember. I was with individual skill, though. I mean, the, the, the one I most likened it to is when we beat Liverpool with a Gagan press uh, a few seasons ago, that goal there. Uh, I think that was very similar, although that was more more of an on the break goal. This was this was measured one or two yeah, touch. That's the difference. It isn't was it? that's the difference. It was um, just very very well orchestrated uh, with each player playing a really important crucial part and knowing what they were doing. Um, so yeah, and just that image of um, the young Chelsea lad. I his name's gone. Um, Gallagher just standing with his arms out wide on the advertising holding. He's only there for a couple of seconds, but it made a great photo. And then you had the, uh, the young Palace chap running around and dodging the um, 
the stewards and then swan diving back into the crowd quite well unfortunately um he was still in brighton at 3 a.m being questioned about it which is a shame well probably worth it in in years to come um yeah i, I just want to before you speak chris i just wanted to say if you haven't seen gallagher's post-match interviews well worth a watch well worth a watch he's so what's the word i'm looking for he plays down his his part in it um just saying he's sort of He's doing what he should do and then gives credit to everyone else, which is pure class. Chris? I mean, the two stats I just wanted to draw out um, were total shots. Um, Brighton had 19 shots to our three, um, yeah, which is telling. And the possession was 63% for them, 36 for us. So, you know, I mean, it was back to... Um, I'm not going to say back to Roy, but it, it was a more conservative approach to this game. And it, it's just worth, you know, flagging that up. Um, I don't think that was a bad thing. And I think that came out in Vieira's um, post-match interview as well. He said it was a good point, um, you know, under difficult circumstances. So, you know, definitely that that's, that's the tone we should be taking. I think it's also worth just saying, I mean, so two things about um, Potter. Um, I really struggle with Potter because... Um, I always forget what his first name is because, I mean, it's Graham Potter, isn't it? Graham Potter. But um, I always think, and I've, I've actually talked to about him, I'm possibly not on this podcast, but definitely in public before I've talked about him as Brian Potter. And Brian... That's that's the guy from uh, <laughs> Phoenix Knights, isn't it? It is, yes. Brain Potter. <laughs> I keep calling him Brian Potter. And, yeah. See, that that's a reference from within the last 50 years, you see, you see what's happened there, Nick. All right, um, all right. Carry on, Chris. But the main thing that I was going to say is just that I really hope he does go to Everton and his shit there. Because um, if he goes goes there and his shit there and simultaneously fucks Brighton up when they're actually having a good season, um, that'd be amazing. If we could, oh, I don't mind how, what he does at Everton, but as long as he leaves, that would be excellent. Yeah, I'm just going to wrap it up myself. Then I'm going to um, read out Neil Kite's tweet to us. Why didn't we adopt the same gameplay strategy against Brighton as when we played them at home? We were unlucky at home and lucky away. Setup didn't make sense. Game cried out for Benteke, especially with Dunkout. Was he unwell? So I'm going to take a slightly different opinion to the way I saw it to Chris and say, I don't think it was a measured Roy-style performance. I think it was a plan that did not work. It went wrong. And Vieira what Vieira wanted and what happened on the day were were very different. We've played a very similar strategy much more effectively and it only takes one or two players because we've only had one transfer window bringing people in. It only takes one or two players to be missing, maybe one or two to be slightly off the mark and it's a world of difference. There's so much quality in the Premier League. It only takes a couple to be out, a couple to have a duff game. You know, Tyrick Mitchell has a not not perfect game and it the the difference is huge all I will say is respect the point and all that um but yeah we'll, we'll leave it there we'll get on after this to a couple of rumors and I say a couple and mean a couple and some listener comments hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, gents. Um, we've covered most feedback, I think, that we were going to cover, but there's a few more to come. But before that, Stuart Baldwin has tweeted and asked, what do we make about the rumours about Aaron Ramsey coming to Palace? He said, at first I thought he was crazy, but the more I think about it, the more I think he could do a good job for a year or two if his salary is sensible. Um, I'll let you, gents, say something after I said it. I don't think that there's any player that Palace are looking for that isn't alone, that is a, a year or two project, really. But, uh, Nick? Yeah, I think it's all about the money, isn't it? And the fact that he's injured quite a lot. Um, why bring somebody in that's going to be on the treatment table? We don't want another Wickham, do we? Um he could be oh, good. We've, we've, we've got one. But, yeah. um. he, he could be good on his day. Uh, I think he could add stuff, but he's not really long-term, is he? He'd, he'd be a stopgap. Do we want stop stopgaps in a long-term project? And just uh, just the fact that the way that Vieira talked about Brighton being further down the road in the, in the Potter project, as he called it, um, kind of suggests that he's looking at staying at Palace for a little while. I don't know what, what you made of his comments there and how you felt about that. But uh, um, Ramsey, like uh, Stuart Baldwin said, if the salary is sensible, perhaps for a year or two, but long term, no, especially with injuries. Chris, do we do we really need him anyway? Well, I mean, we've just talked about um, you know the the midfield and whether it worked today. I think we've we've got a range of really good options. The answer is probably we don't need him. On the other hand. You know the thrill of seeing someone of that class playing in our colours would be hard to resist. I just don't think it it works with the with the project. You know we're trying to sign people with resale value, um, and you know this is the opposite of that. This is a marquee signing who who'll be there for two years on a big wage. Um, I, I can't see it happening, I, but secretly I definitely would love it if it did. Yeah, I can't see it happening either. I think if if Roy was still the manager, I could see it being more likely. But what the fuck do I know? Um, any any other news? I don't really want to talk about Enketia again, so I don't think it's anything new. Any anyone else that's caught your eye, gents? Any rumours, however ridiculous? No. I saw a clickbait about some striker. Um, I think it was a Spanish striker, but um, one we don't need him, and two, I just, I think it was just clickbait rubbish. So I'm not even going to dignify it. Fair enough. Um, and then just a few comments then. Uh, I'll start again with Will Pickering. Um, I didn't read his cold clip out earlier, but he, he has he has asked, should the Brighton pitch invader be given the freedom of Croydon? Absolutely. It should, uh, it should turn up. It should wear one of those ridiculous um, sort of head and cloak things that Hodgson wore. It should be given a fuck off massive key. Uh, right. <laughs> Tim Beard. Why isn't there an international break for AFCON? It's got a far bigger impact on the league than England versus San Marino or somebody. 
yeah, I mean, would would we be saying that if it was a win? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, anyone got any quick thoughts on that? I think, yeah, I, I do. I mean, I, I think that it's a it's a historic legacy of the fact that this tournament, yeah, you know, one we this our league didn't really have African players in it. I mean, I think I saw Daniel Amakachu. I think was the first African player to play um, in the English league. It was. Um, Nigerian player for Everton um, back in about 94, 95. And I saw him at Selhurst. It was one of his early appearances, if not his Everton debut. Um, Back in the day, an African player in the Premier League was news. Um, Now it's absolutely not. In fact, you know, lots of the top teams have a, a significant number of African players and they're some of the best players in our league. And I think it should be taken seriously the same as other tournaments should. Um, you know, we've had the conversation already, I think, about, you know, why, uh, um, I mean, I think Watford tried to, in fact, they did stop one of their players from going, didn't they? And that's indicative of the fact that that tournament's oh, not they, taken seriously, which it should they, be. They really did. It was amazing. So they they talked about it on the preview pod, but um, their player, Dennis, wasn't allowed to go to Nigeria. And then to read the comments from Nigerian fans was amazing. Every Juju man that they possibly could mention, they all said, "Oh, I spoke to my Juju man. Um, you got bad Juju. He's gonna he's gonna get you relegated." And I ended up in this rabbit hole looking about the history of Juju and magic, and it oh, I was amazing. I learned I learned loads. Awesome. Um, yes, Watford scum. Carry on, carry on. Yeah. So I mean, the the end of that point was just really. Um, in future, given that this tournament now happens every two years and they're threatening to make the pointless European Championships every two years as well, we've, if they can have an international break for the European one, they should have an international break for the African one because it has every bit as much of an impact on lots of teams in the Premier League. So they, the Premier League needs to get its house in order on this. I, I mean, yeah. I, it's difficult because if they're historically not at the same time and then COVID's messed it up as well. It's not easy. If they could all be aligned at the same time, I mean, that's the obvious answer, but you've got, you've got a Southern Hemisphere and Northern Hemisphere problem, haven't you? Um, yes, I, d- I don't think that a pod as humble as ours is going to give you an answer there, Tim. Mark Collins, does Riederweld have a future at the club? Decent on the ball and therefore you'd think of Vieira type of player, but he hasn't really had a look in. Nick... Does he have a future at the club? He seems to be the man that bounces back in every situation. Yeah, he's, he's bulked up a bit, hasn't he, since uh, we last saw him last season. Um, I saw some rumours last week saying that he might be off. Um, I hope not, because he can be quite good at times. Um, who knows what goes on in training, just, though. Is, is that rumour basically from the fact that the Reader Val t-shirt, which is really rubbish in the Palace shop, has gone down to 10 quid? Is that... Is, is that where it comes uh, from? It might be. It might be. How much is the uh, James McCarthy pop head? We were talking about the uh, Max Meyer one, weren't we, in the car, because it's life-size. <laughs> we were. Nice. Yeah, those, nice. um, they, I, they've hardly got any of them left in stock. It's basically players who've left. Uh, the, the James McCarthy one is still there for a pound on the club shop, if anyone wants one of those. And also, I, uh, also the fact don't. that um, guess who is now really, really cheap because none of the players in that game feature for our team anymore. Actually, was in a was in a pub recently, and it's great to see finally in well into the twenty first century that guess who now has an equal amount of female and male um, people in it because it was always like. 
four women and the rest men, wasn't it? Um, so yes, good good work. Guess who? About seventy years late, but also makes your game harder as well. Because if you chose a woman, you were fucked, weren't you? Uh, right, Mark Brooks Duncan Gallagher said in his post interview that we set to hit up Brighton on the break. Do you think they deserve enough respect for us to change our usual possession football to a more Roy approach? I'm not sure we did change our possession football, but um, Chris? I, I agree with you that I don't think we really changed it that much. I mean, we we made enforced changes with who was playing, um, but I don't think we necessarily tried to change the style. Um, but that said, I, I, annoyingly, I do think they deserve respect um, as a footballing side. Um, as a club, they're obviously um, not worthy of respect at all. Um, but um, as a unit that Potter has got playing really damn well, unfortunately, they've out they've outplayed us both matches. So yes, no, that's uh, they haven't. They didn't outplay us at Sellers. They were lucky to get the equaliser. I'm sorry, I'm not having that. Yeah, I, yeah. All right, let's leave that there. So we'll, we'll one more question. Chris Chantry, is there a reason both Roy and Patrick Vieira would rather play Schlupp in the centre and Eze out wide when both play better the opposite way round? Nick? That's kind of what I alluded to earlier, wasn't it? Um, it sounded that way, I yeah. don't know. I really don't know. I, I can't get inside their heads, but Schlupp is a better winger. And um, did he actually go on the wing when we, when we made the subs? We actually had Benteke and Mateta on, didn't we? Um, and we took Elise and Eze off. Who was playing on the wings? Slop definitely. We we had a. I mean, we still didn't have many or any crosses, but there was a bit of overlap that I noticed. I am. I, I'm, I'm not sure to be honest. It, that, that kind of analness is 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 for Hambo only. And <laughs> incidentally, Hambo is um, he's not joining us today because he was detained, um, and he has been volunteering at a dogs trust, um, a dogs charity. So he was meant to be on the pod, but he got held up because people weren't there. So good on Mr. Hambo. Um, right, let's let's finish with a few four-word reviews. I'll read them out and then say some last words and we shall do one. So a couple of four-word reviews from our usual post-game Twitter post out. James, at James D. Ring. Interesting. Is that your name or is that it's some Ring. reference? It's actually oh, Jimmy. Oh, James okay. Ring. Okay, sorry, sorry, you're not D-ring yet. Although maybe you, <laughs> maybe you are amongst friends. I don't know. Um, Just read it. Yes, out. we will. T- yes, we will take that. I didn't even read it right. I read five words. Yes, we'll take that. Uh, at, at, sorry, James. Sorry, James. Sorry. Uh, at Elliot Westgate. Oh, I've not even read that right. This is a disaster. Elliot Westgate. At Westgate. Elliot, I'm starting to worry. Elliot, come on now. Come on now. There's some poor teams in the league this year and they keep beating each other as well. Leif Anderson's forehead. A lucky point stolen. Absolutely. Definitely. At Kevin T.A.E. Steph. Have I read that wrong as well? Strangely, I enjoyed it. Really, Kevin? I aged about three years. At Parky 10,000. Got out of jail. Yes, at Edmunds, Mark, that was bloody awful. Fair enough. Red and blue, Phil. Decent result in circumstances. Neil Kite, they can't beat us. Yeah, unfortunately, we can't really beat them this season either. Martin Carter, concerned about our right sides. Yeah, I think we've discussed that. Chris Gunn, Jack Butland, man of the match, easily. Yes, he won man of the match, I'm assuming, gents? For me, he did. 
I, th- I think he did overall as well. Um, Edward Potter, gross denied by Butland. I disagree. Gross was denied by taking an absolutely shit penalty. Z- Zach S, sheesh, we scraped by. Carl Tushingham, we missed Wilfred Zaha. Okay, okay, fair enough. And we'll end with Laurie Bullock, Weed couldn't beat us. So, yes, thank you for listening to the show. Thanks in particular to everyone who got in touch. We read them all. We can't necessarily use all your comments. We try and incorporate them all into the show. And I try to read out as many as possible as well. Please keep them coming. It shows that at least some of you are listening. Preview team, we'll be back with you midweek to look ahead to Sunday's home game against Liverpool. Gents, we're all there. Was it a two o'clock game? I believe so. Okay, so there'll be a few beverages afterwards if you want to join us. I was was thinking of going back to Croydon for a change. I don't know how you look off feeling, but um, yes, we shall be having some beers after the game. As ever, plenty more content for you across all of our social accounts and a wealth of live and recorded shows for you over on YouTube, including instant match reaction and a chance to get involved. Find us on everything by searching Back of the Nest and like, subscribe and be merry. Until next time, come on, you palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.